This is the John Oakley Show podcast. However, on a more serious concern, uh, has to do with the Ontario government. Geez, you know, on so many fronts, uh, they're being attacked, criticized, pilloried. We talked to the Environment Minister last hour about the Endangered Species Act that they're tweaking now and uh, hoping to make things more sustainable for a lot of uh, parties who are contesting whether or not land or a certain environment can be developed. Rod Phillips weighed in. Something else that's happening, the Ontario government apparently, uh, and it's not just something that's coming with the terrain of Doug Ford here. It has to go back a number of years. The Solicitor General has to track all firearms that are seized by police forces across the province, and they haven't been doing that. So what's that all about? What gives? Joseph Newberger is Global News Radio's law expert with Newberger and Partners, and he's weighed in on The Oakley Show this afternoon. Joe, always a pleasure. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. How are you? Very good, thanks. Kind of curious. I mean, uh, so the government here, regardless of political affiliation, they were basically, it's going back a number of years, flouting the law that requires the tracking of firearms. So uh, when did that become mandatory, and why is this something that's been disregarded? I I don't know. I think this has been mandatory for well over three decades. And um, there was legislation that was changed, I think, in 2007. And it's extremely important because knowledge is power and tracking across the province. And frankly, this should be across the country now, given the prevalence of gun crime. Guns that are seized, uh, knowing sources where they come from and sharing it with police services across not just the province and the country, I think is absolutely mandatory. And this is probably an infrastructure issue. You know, we've seen a decline in budgets, and I think, you know, with lack of resources, what we are seeing is in certain areas where you really need certain people dedicated to gathering and sharing and collating uh, information, that's where the cuts are, are really harming public safety. Well, as I understand it, this provision to track these guns came out of a, a law in 1990. It goes back as far as 1990 because the yeah. regional police force in Niagara actually had uh, accumulated 136 seized handguns uh he built his own private collection yeah yeah it's amazing i read that too got his own private collection from guns that are seized and that's a bad thing and then uh, what you were also reading was um you know how some police services were actually selling uh, pre you know used weaponry to augment their budgets which just really is quite sad so it's extremely important i think there was a revision in 2007 but it, it's it's absolutely imperative that they do this especially now. You you know, border security agencies need to know sources. Are they coming across from the United States? How are they getting into the country? Is it domestic? You know, what's going on? We don't have that information. But this is a lack of a concerted effort by police services to take this seriously. But I do have sympathy for them because they're under budgetary constraints. And that is very tough. It's one of those services where we need to fund them properly to ensure that they can do their jobs and protect the public. Yeah, but it's also a public confidence issue, obviously. Uh, who's policing the police and making sure they're doing everything according to Hoyle? Oh, well, that's, I mean, that factors in in so many different, uh, you know, concerns. So you've got the police services board. I've never had great confidence uh, in that type of oversight. You've got other police policing. I, you know, I, I, you know it's, not, it's not a great situation, but this really falls at the feet of the Solicitor General. It's his job. It's the job of that bureaucracy to make sure this is done. And they really should be having oversight on a number of issues that police services are engaged in. And it's unfortunately not being done. And this is something that should not have been. I mean, it hasn't been really collected at all. I mean, it's just a complete and utter failure on the part of the police. Well, do you get the sense that this government of Doug Ford, I know they addressed something with the SIU fairly recently. I mean, yeah. are, are they trying to clean house on this front? 
Look, it came up, which is a good thing. And I think for certainly this government, uh, safety is uh, a cornerstone of their campaign. Uh, but with that as well, they have to apply resources in the right places so that the so that cities can set up the budgets which are necessary for the police service. And Ontario Pro- Provincial Police, which is you know extremely large, is one of the sources which uh, is important. So I do believe that the government is involved in this and that they are taking proactive steps to try and uh, identify these issues. But there needs to be proper funding given to uh, the police services. And as you know, Toronto Police and like Peel Police those are budgets which are municipal in nature, and so there needs to be a coordinated effort at proper infrastructure and financing. Again, with Joe Newberger, Global News Radio's law expert, I've got to ask you about uh, some other things here just off the beaten path, sure. or the well-trodden path maybe, uh, you <laughs> know, with the, the legalization of cannabis. Uh, it seems like we're now kind of in this no-man's land when it comes to uh people, you know, enforcement against illegal shops and dispensaries and so on yeah. and so forth. Uh is it worthwhile doing this aggressively, uh, you know, busting them, or uh, is it just a lack of resources that allow some to operate and others, uh, you know, this is almost like a willful blind eye being turned to some of, uh, of these operators? You know, it's a very good question, John, because I had anticipated that once this would unfold as it has, that the government would actually take a very aggressive role in having police agencies shut down illegal operations. And there are quite a few that are still operating. And just before the implementation, there was quite a crackdown. And, you know, it involves revenue, tax revenue. So I was thinking that they would be far more proactive and aggressive on this point. I don't know what's happening. It may be that, you know, the prosecution of these cases is too costly. There's constitutional issues that are involved. And the police don't want to get wrapped up in this when, again, they don't have enough resources to investigate homicides in other cases. But I am surprised that they're not more aggressive about it. And there needs to be uniformity. If, if you have this as public policy now and licensed uh, organizations and companies selling, I mean, I think you have to ensure that the public is safe and deal with, you know, those organizations that aren't properly licensed. So I don't know what's going on with them. What are the prospects of a blanket amnesty or pardons for people who have, uh, you know, got records for pot possession? I mean, these things still stay on the record? I mean, what's the process there? Well, they, the, again, the Liberal government has talked about this, but it's unclear to me where it's going right now. And they talked about pardons for anybody who previously had been convicted of simple possession. I think you and I spoke previously about that, and it should be more than a pardon, because a pardon will, there's still that word, you know, a record suspension that's on somebody's uh, CPIC printout or the police printout, and what should happen is it should be expunged across the board. Again, you know, I think this has gotten lost now where we've had a change with the Minister of Justice, and there's been all sorts of liberal government. So I haven't heard follow-up on that right now, but it's a serious issue that the government should be proactive on and isn't right now. The other thing I wanted to ask you, since Bill Blair is obviously uh, on this file, uh, the uh, people who have crossed into Canada illegally, and uh, now they seem, I guess there's about 40,000 or thereabouts, uh, where Blair has been talking to his counterparts in Washington or the Department of Homeland Security seeking to close the loophole that uh, would say unless you come at a, a regular border crossing, you can't be processed, uh, or if you are, you'd be deported immediately. I mean, does that make sense that they would close that loophole? Because some of the critics are saying you're denying these people the due process, you know, the Singh decision from 1985, that everybody who comes here and makes a claim does at least get uh, the process of their refugee claim heard. You know, I, I, I have a problem with that, and I, I think things have to be done according to a legal process. And crossing at non, uh, you know, proper bordering crossings where we have the border security, I think is a real problem because it, it, 
It's a bit of a floodgates argument, and we have to protect our borders. I'm not trying to be, you know, sort of uh, Trumpesh in this, but the reality is we have to protect our borders and ensure the integrity of our sovereignty in this country. And if people have a refugee claim to make, then it should come through proper channels. Now, if God forbid, it, you know, when crossing through the United States, it's a completely different circumstance than if you have people who are fleeing a country because they're being murdered and the only way they could get here is by, you know, having a boat land in Newfoundland or something, which is a different situation. We've had a lot of migration coming from the United States because of the policies in the U.S., and I, I agree with uh, the federal government on this. We have to be quite careful about this and ensure the integrity of our borders. So uh, I think the United States has to cooperate and work with us, and I think we have to protect our borders. It's not that we want to deny people claims. Just go about it according to the process that's in place. All right, and so they're not being denied uh, the the process, the due process, even if they come in at the end of Roxham Road, crossing over from New York State through a farmer's field. You're saying to immediately send them back is appropriate, given the fact that that's illegal. Yeah, I mean, I look, I may be very unpopular in this opinion. It's not that I'm uh, unsensitive to uh, the plights of individuals, but they're coming from the United States, and this is a this is our major border here, and we have a lot of. Um, ways to get across into our country. And we need to be careful about protecting the integrity of our borders. To me, it's important. And I think if somebody has a proper claim, come present yourself at a border crossing. We have, you know, well-staffed, well-trained border security. We have, you know, whatever our refugee system is, (laughs) funding is going to be a problem right now. But, you know, we have a very inspired system. You will get processed appropriately and legitimate claims will be heard and people do get, you know, sanctuary in Canada. But I think it's important to try and do it like others who desperately want to come to Canada and try and do it in the right way, I think it's unfair to them, and I think it's unfair to Canadians if we're not protecting our borders. Yeah, you surprised how right wing? I don't know. I don't no, know. well, no, not at all. I mean, uh, look, I mean, our problem uh, is uh, it's dwarfed in the scale uh, of what's you know confronting the Americans on their southern border there, and uh, how you know it's become such a a political hot potato. Uh, I'm actually surprised it is, but uh, maybe I shouldn't be, given how partisan politics is playing out down there now. So much polarization. Hey, Joseph, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. Oh, it's great to speak to you, John. Take care. Have a great show as usual. Thank you. Joseph Newberger, Global News uh, Radio's law expert with Newberger and Partners. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 